If you have your Bible today, turn with me to 1 Peter 5.7. You want to put a little star out by that verse because it applies to our lives every day, every single day of our life. 1 Peter 5.7. Cast all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. I want to talk with you today about one of those real common problems in our daily life. One that we all have. Nobody in here is perfect, so we all have this every once in a while. It's worry. It's right there with us. Someone has said that worry is the interest paid in advance by those who borrow trouble. Years ago, there was a great snowfall in western New York, western, in western North Carolina. Many people were snowed in for weeks and weeks. Uh, there were some deaths that had been reported. People froze to death. The Red Cross came to help. Two of the workers uh, heard of an elderly lady way back in the mountains. And she was all alone. And they thought, well, we're going to try and get to her. Maybe she's still alive. So they set out to help her. They took a four-wheel drive vehicle, and they slipped and uh, skidded and kind of bumped along over some of the places. Finally, they got over the mountain that was between them, and they got into the high cove where she lived. As they knocked on the door, both of them were wondering if she would ever answer. Both of them wondered, is she still with us? And they were very worried, you know, that she might be in bad shape and that they would have to uh, try and help her in some medical way that they really weren't uh, prepared to do. So they just knocked and uh, all of a sudden the door opened. didn't take very long at all. And there was the lady standing there. And they said, hello, uh, we're here from the Red Cross and... And they started to say more. The lady interrupted. And she said, well, you know, I don't believe I'm going to be able to give anything this year. <laughs> she said, it's been a pretty bad winter. <laughs> Worrying, we all do it. We all need help in this regard. The psalmist says, cast your burden on the Lord. Jesus says in Matthew 6, take no anxious thought for tomorrow. Millions of people in our enlightened society are miserable. They're terribly, terribly unhappy because of the worry that besets their life. They worry all the time. Do you know people like that? I do. They just worry. If you interrupt their thought, uh, they'll give you a dirty look because they want to worry all the time. <clears throat> Scripture is very clear about worry. It says don't do it. That's what it says. The Scripture says cast all of your cares upon the Lord. You say, well, pastor, that is so unrealistic. That shouldn't even be in the Bible. That's just totally unrealistic. Nobody can live up to that. Well, I wonder just how unrealistic it is. A group of researchers got together. They did a lot of work over a year's time. They put in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of work, and they finally came up with some conclusions. 
they found that 40% of the things that we worry about never happen. So we've just wasted all of that time. 30% of our worrying uh, is concerning old decisions, things that have happened that can't be undone. So 70% of the things that we've worried about, it does absolutely no good to worry that way. 12% of our worrying is about criticisms from other people. It uh, upsets us, but you know there's really not a lot we can do to change it. They're going to keep on. 10% of our worrying is about our health. And of course, our health gets worse as we worry. So that's not good. The researchers found what they thought to be 8% of worrying that is legitimate. The Bible says that none of it is legitimate. How much do you worry? Do you worry a little bit? Do you worry a lot? Do you worry most of the time? How much do you worry? The scripture says to cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5.7 If something's wrong and you find the serum or the pill or whatever that will fix it, you are really, really happy. I know all of you have been through this as I have. You go to the doctor and they give you a pill. It doesn't help at all. And then they give you a different pill, doesn't help at all. And then they give you that third kind of pill, and you take it, and all of a sudden you're well. And you think, boy, that's great. When you get the thing that fixes everything, that is wonderful. That is great. Well, I hope today is the day that all of us that are here realize that faith is stronger than worry or fear. At 7 p.m., December the 5th, 1960. 1996, there was a dinner in Washington sponsored by the American Enterprise Institute. Alan Greenspan, who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board at that time, he was a speaker. He gave a speech that the average person would say that was boring. That was just terribly boring. If we'd have been there, we would have thought, good night, when is this ever going to be over? Well, You know, some would say it's just economic mumbo-jumbo, but not to the investors that were there. The folks that had thousands or millions or billions of dollars invested in the stock or bond market, they were very, very interested in what Alan Greenspan had to say. They sat on the edge of their seat. In that speech, Greenspan uttered ten sentences that in less than an hour began to shake the financial markets all over the world. The stock market in Australia, which was still open at that time, suddenly took a nosedive when Greenspan's speech came across the newswires. A whopping 2.9% of the total value of the Australian market was lost by the end of the trading day. Japan's markets tumbled 3.2% in value. Germany, 4.1%. A little over 14 hours after Mr. Greenspan's 
rose to give his speech, the New York Stock Exchange opened. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down more than 144 points very quickly, all because of what Alan Greenspan had said. What did Greenspan say in those 10 sentences that shook the whole financial world? For one thing, he used the word bubble. And in financial circles, that is not a good word. <laughs> you don't want to hear that word. Uh, it would suggest that the stock market at the time may have been overheated and overvalued by speculation. In financial markets, one of the nastiest, one of the worst things that you can possibly say about a rising market is that there is a bubble. You don't want to hear that. It conjures up in your mind a picture of a bubble bursting. And then all of a sudden, all of your investments take a dive, and they lose all of that that they have gained, perhaps, over the past year. So it's very, very serious. As this episode shows, when the chairman of the Federal Reserve Board speaks, investors listen. Their money is at stake. The chairman has the power to change the interest rate, which dramatically affect the economy and all of our investments. In a similar way, when God speaks, the wise person listens. They listen very, very carefully for far more than your money is at stake. The God with all the power is saying, cast your cares on me because he cares for you. I hope today is the day that all of us that are here realize that no matter what the problem is and no matter what are the problems that pertain to it, all of those problems we pray that the Lord will handle, that the Lord makes us stronger than all of our problems that are put together. How much do you worry? Do you worry a lot? I've worried a lot in my life, I'll confess that. Uh, I've worried about my wife. Uh, she has MS. And that, of course, is of great concern to both of us. I've worried that when she turns 65, the authorities are going to say to her, no, you can't have your $1,200 uh, a month uh, medicine anymore. Take two aspirins and call us in the morning is uh, what they might say. That's not the first thing I've ever worried about. When I graduated from college, I had a flat top. How many of you guys here this morning had a flat top at one time or another? That's uh, a lot of us. I had a crew cut or a flat top all of my life up until that time. Short hair was going out, and I knew I had to change. My hair grew straight out all over my head. I looked like a porcupine. It worried me something awful. I mean awful. It was the worst thing I thought that had ever happened to me in my whole life. I put all kinds of goo, all kinds of spray on my hair. Then I looked like a gooey porcupine. I wanted to stay in my room all the time. 
For three months, I felt like a leper or someone that had escaped from a freak show. Uh, I really looked bad. The number of hours I've worried in my life has, have been huge. I'll confess that. The scripture says, don't worry at all, but put your faith in the Lord. Cast your cares upon the Lord suggests a deliberate decision of trust that you are making. We are to trust God with our anxieties and with all the things, all the things that we worry about. Whatever we are anxious about tends to distract us from trusting the Lord. When we are distracted, we do not resist Satan. We play right into his hands. Satan wants us to put more trust in ourselves and in our friends than he wants us to put in the Lord. Paul's first century readers, like their 21st century cousins, fail to remember this truth even in the midst of their anguish and pain. God cares for you. That's the bottom line. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people think God is mean and hateful and he wants to catch you in some sin. That's not right at all. God loves you. He sent his son to die on the cross for your sin. He loves you with all of his heart. The form in which this verb care appears indicates that God's care, God's concern for believers is constant, is ongoing, and is unending. It's always there for you. God is not indifferent to the sufferings of his children, but desires our active, humble trust in him, especially during the difficult days of our lives. You know, I've been with many of you as you have gone through difficult days. I remember being with one of our members and the doctor came out and told her she was going to die in the next hour. I was sitting there in the room and I mean, you know, it's hard to change the conversation when, uh, you know, you've just been told that. You know, it's, uh, it's a tough thing when you get that news. Our Lord wants to put his loving arms around us and draw us closer to him. Letting him love us is the best mechanism in the world for turning off the terrible anxiety and worry that besets us, some of us most of the time. Many medical doctors have said, you better learn how to turn worry off or it will turn you off. You know, we don't ever think about that. We think, well, that, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. That's not what the doctors say. And we ought to listen to that. Worry is originally an Anglo-Saxon word that meant to strangle or to choke. That word is very graphic of what worrying does to each one of us. Any doctor will tell you that bad emotions will make you sick, good emotions will make you better. There are numerous kinds of bad emotions, as you know. Worry is a killer. You can't sleep, you can't relax, you can't enjoy life, you get ulcers. Constant anger makes you sick, it makes you limp. Hatred shrivels up your personality, leaves you a bitter person. 
You know anybody that's bitter most of the time? You know why they are? Because there is a strong hatred in their heart. And they can't shake it. They just can't shake it. They have never claimed this verse for themselves. Fear leaves people in a constant state of anxiety. Have you heard anyone say, I'm just sick with fear? Well, it's interesting that they would say that because that's what fear does to you. It literally makes you sick. To get rid of these bad emotions, we have to develop a new attitude of mind. We have to look at things differently. We must cast our cares upon him because he cares for you. He's a big Lord. He is as big as the universe. He's a powerful Lord. If you took all the hurricanes that have ever happened in the whole world and you bunched them all up together into one mighty storm and then you could add a lot more to that. God's strength, God's power is much, much, much greater than that. We must let our faith in him surge through our hearts, our minds, and then and only then will we be optimistic and hopeful and be at peace. Only then can we become the positive people that we want to be and begin to get out of life what our Lord wants us to have. The Bible says God loves you no matter what you have to face, no matter how big, how bad it is. The outer circumstances of life are very insecure. Illness can hit us, as we know, at any time. A financial downturn can come at any time. We are flesh and blood. There is no guarantee of security on the outside. The only true security that we can know is on the inside. You can be very secure there as we trust in the Lord. The caveman of days gone by was very insecure as he walked around. There were horrible animals. Have you all ever been driving down I-4 and seen that gigantic dinosaur uh, off to the side of the road? Have you seen that? I think most of you have. It's right there. It's real big. How would you like to run into one of those on the path? You know, that would be terrible. Well, back then the weather, you know, was real bad. There was nothing much they could do about it. They didn't have central heating. Uh, Many times they would freeze to death. And, of course, there were those raiding bands from other tribes that lived in that part of the area. But when he got in his cave around his tribe, All that was bad was on the outside, and all that was secure was on the inside. Today, I'm trying to tell all of us how to take your cave with you everywhere. How do you do it? You cast your cares upon him, because he cares for you. If you cannot do that, then, I hate to say this, but you have every reason in the world to worry. If you have not given your heart to Christ, you need to be worried. You have a legitimate problem. If you are not a part of a Bible-believing, New Testament-teaching church and actively serving the Lord, 
then my friends, it is time for you to have a worry here and a worry there. The scriptures say, cast all, every bit of your care upon him. Would you want to do that this morning? Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if everybody in this room, this is a good crowd today, wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody here did that? Cast all of their cares upon him. You would leave your burden here today. A number of years ago, a successful businessman went to see the local Baptist preacher. Although he was a professing Christian, this businessman really had never gone to church much. And he didn't belong to any church. Uh, he had other concerns. Uh, he founded a breakfast group of Christian businessmen and he served as the president of that group for many, many years. He wanted to be the president. He didn't want to be anything else. He was a man who always had been in control of every situation that he was in. He dominated his business. He dominated the men's Christian men's breakfast. He dominated his family. He dominated everything. He came to see the pastor secretly out of sheer desperation. He was facing a major problem in his life and he didn't know what to do about it. First time in his life, he did not know what to do about it. He couldn't bring the problem under his control. He was always used to being able to control everything and he couldn't control this. His theology did not allow for such a thing. In his opinion, a Christian wasn't supposed to have any problems. As the pastor and the businessman talked, the pastor introduced him to the wonderful passage in 1 Peter 5, 7. The pastor told him he didn't need to carry that problem by himself. In fact, he could take that problem and give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just give it to him. He only needed to cast it on the Lord. That's all he needed to do. The man's response was powerful, very powerful. He sat in complete silence for five to ten minutes as he thought about the possibility of committing his problem to Christ. He was a strong, very strong, self-made man. And his will was not broken easily. Then his lower jaw began to tremble. He didn't remember that ever happening before. Next, tears began to form in his eyes. He tried to deny them, but they were not cooperating. The tears came. Suddenly, he broke into uncontrollable sobbing. The dam had broken. That day was a real turning point in this man's life. He gave his problem to Christ. But really, he did much more than that. He heeded the counsel of God's word and shared uh, this wonderful truth that the Apostle Peter gave to him. He began to love in submission to Christ. He humbled himself before the Lord and cast his cares 
upon him. What a remarkable difference all of this made in his life. And what a remarkable difference it will make in our lives if we will do the same thing that he did. Maybe there's somebody in the house today that has never trusted and believed in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe there's someone here that uh, has visited a lot, but really you're just kind of floating around. Maybe today would be the day that you'd plant your life in service for the Lord Jesus. I hope and pray that if you're in the house that you would do this singular thing that would cast away all the worries that you have in your life. If you will do that, God will bless you in a wonderful way. I'll be standing down here at the front. You come if the Lord is pulling at your heart. Let's stand and sing together.